GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. on agriculture coming up on today's program saskatchewan's exports to mexico reached a record one billion dollars last year we'll have reaction to that news from the vice president of the canadian federation of agriculture todd lewis as well the canadian agricultural partnership is set to expire next month We'll hear from Alison Fransu, the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in North Battleford, and she'll tell us what producers can expect over the next few months when it comes to that program. The East Central Research Foundation farm near Yorkton has completed another study. Research coordinator Mike Hall says they ran oat variety trials with grain millers over the past four years, and he'll share his results with us. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Saskatchewan's exports to Mexico reached a record $1 billion last year. The provincial government says 97% were agri-food exports to Mexico. The single biggest increase was canola oil, with shipments up almost 80% to $206 million dollars making up 20% of all exports. Canola oil, seed, and non-Durham wheat make up the top three exports to Mexico. Canola seed was 55% of total shipments to Mexico, worth over $557 million. Canadian Federation of Agriculture Vice President Todd Lewis of Gray welcomes the new record shipments. Well, I think it's uh, just another Saskatchewan success story, and it's mainly... uh in canola, either canola seed or canola oil, and, and also uh, wheat exports. So it's countries like Mexico as a developed economy, but they're constantly improving uh, their food products to their population. And uh, fortunately, Saskatchewan food exports are a big part of uh, their plans for uh, expanding their uh, food to the population there in Mexico. He's not surprised that exports to Mexico surpassed $1 billion. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's something that isn't unexpected. Uh, we're, we live in a time where a billion dollars is, uh, we're talking about billions now, especially in agriculture, be it what's being produced, uh, you know, the costs that are involved in agriculture. You know, we've got a huge uh, mega project coming up this spring that's going to be in the billions of dollars, of course, that farmers are, gonna, are going to invest. So uh, it's kind of the, the world that we live in now that with products of, you know, the price of commodities and and shipping them and so on, that billion dollars is a target that we're looking for, you know, billions in, in all export sectors. And certainly glad to see Mexico uh, reach that mark. And we hope to see continued increases with trade with Mexico. Saskatchewan has made it a priority. I know Minister Merritt has made trade missions to Mexico. And, and kudos to him and his department for uh, making those trips. And we're seeing some results here with these numbers that we see these in- increases. And uh, Hopefully uh, they'll continue and just goes to show again that Canada has what the world wants and we're a good, uh, reliable supplier of food products and and agri-food products, be be it primary grains, value-added products like uh, canola oil. Lewis notes Canadian canola seems to be more popular in Mexico than American or Brazilian soybeans. 
Well, I think it speaks to the uh, quality of canola oil. It's what it's seen as a premium oil, and and we're of course are the premium producer of that premium oil. So I think soybean oil has uh, got its place in the food market, but canola and canola oil products are seen as a premium product. Todd Lewis of Gray is the vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture and past president of APAS. It's time now for the AgReview portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, AgReview. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the federal government is looking at how it can provide targeted aid to farmers who are struggling with inflation. Trudeau, who made the comments at a meeting with farmers at the headquarters of Quebec Farmers Association yesterday, says he wants to ensure that any aid for farmers doesn't make inflation worse. He says that while inflation has started to slow, the government wants to ensure farmers and others who are struggling can hold on for the next six two months to a year. Daniel LaBelle, a dairy and grain farmer, told the Prime Minister that his costs have risen 40% since inflation began to rise. Meanwhile, Eve Lawrence-Sell, a cattle and blueberry farmer, told Trudeau that while it's fine if assistance is targeted, farmers can't afford to wait six months to a year. Ice Futures canola contracts moved higher during the week ended yesterday, but ran into some resistance to the upside as values held range-bound overall. Jamie Wilton of R.J. O'Brien in Winnipeg says technicals, short covering, fund buying and a lack of selling were all providing support during the week along with spillover from advances in Chicago soy oil. The most active May contract gained more than $20 per metric ton over the course of the week, hitting a session high of $835 per ton yesterday. The contract ran into resistance at that point to settle at $831.70 per metric ton. Beyond, beyond the uh, chart signals, the canola trade continues to keep a close eye on weather conditions in South America with soybeans in Argentina hit by frost in some areas over the weekend, while rains continued to cause delays to the Brazilian harvest. Meanwhile, Brazil's beef exports to China will be halted starting today after a case of BSE was confirmed in the northern state of Para. The suspension is part of an animal health pact previously agreed between China and Brazil and is expected to be temporary. It's a blow to Brazilian farmers as China is the main destination for Brazil's beef exports. It looks to be the atypical form of the disease, which appears spontaneously in nature, causing no risk of dissemination to the herd and to humans. The sick animal was on a property with 160 head of cattle in the southeast of the state. Samples were sent to the World Organization for Animal Health's Canadian Reference Lab in Lethbridge to confirm whether it was the classic form of the disease or its atypical version. Mosaic has become the latest fertilizer maker to miss fourth quarter profit estimates amid lower demand for potash and other crop fertilizers. Although prices of fertilizers such as phosphates and potash decreased toward the end of last year, it did not boost demand as farmers waited for pricing trends to stabilize. 
Higher prices had curbed demand in early second half of 2022. Mosaic, the world's largest producer of finished phosphate products, saw an 11% fall in sales volume for the fertilizer due to unplanned operational outages. The fertilizer maker had in December temporarily curtailed potash production at its Kalonzi, Saskatchewan mine, citing lower-than-expected demand. Rivals Nutrien and CF Industries also missed quarterly profit estimates last week, with Nutrien also forecasting lower-than-expected full-year 2023 earnings. And a Ukrainian farmer says Canadian grain storage supplies arrived just in time to save crops from rotting in their field after the Russian invasion blocked the ports used to export those yields. Ole Hiss runs a farm in a small town near the border with Poland, far from the front lines of the war, but says the conflict made the last growing season incredibly difficult. He says the cost of diesel and fertilizers have gone way up, and with the Black Sea effectively blocked most of the year, farmers had few options to sell their harvest. Further east, grain storage was destroyed by Russian missile attacks and landmines. Help came in the form of temporary grain storage as part of an aid partnership between Canada, Japan and the United Nations. Laura Osman, the Canadian Press, Cherneve, Ukraine. And that's the AgReview portion of our program. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly cloudy and minus 25 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. The Canadian Agricultural Partnership Program is set to expire next month. Alison Fransu, the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in North Battleford, has the details. Many of our listeners have applied under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership Program, or CAP for short. Programs such as the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program, the Farm Stewardship Program, as well as the Producer Assurance Rebate are all CAP programs. The Canadian Agricultural Partnership was a suite of programming providing funding and opportunities for agriculture producers to improve their operations. Programming covered everything from new dugouts, livestock handling equipment, to variable rate mapping. The current suite of programming is set to expire and claims are due before March 15, 2023. Now that you have completed your forage fencing and water projects, please submit your applications as soon as possible. This is the final year for the current suite of programs offered. The deadline for submitting claim rebates is March 15, 2023. If you need assistance, contact your local Ministry of Agriculture Regional Office or call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377 to be connected with a specialist near you. Information on the new suite of programs offered under the new Federal-Provincial Agreement, Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership, will be available this spring. Stay tuned for more details. That's Alison Fransu, the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in North Battleford. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock Market Conditions. 
U.S. live cattle futures for April are trading at 165.40. That's up 32. June live cattle trading at 161.30, up 20. March feeder cattle trading at 189.22, up 125. April feeder cattle trading at 193.75, up 2 full cents. April lean hogs trading at 86.52, down 2. May lean hogs trading at 96.12, up 37. And that's the livestock market conditions. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. The East Central Research Foundation farm near Yorkton has completed another study. Research coordinator Mike Hall says they ran oat variety trials with grain millers over the past four growing seasons. Parkland College and the East Central Research Foundation have been conducting oat variety trials for grain millers from 2019 to 2022. The varieties compared have differed somewhat over the years. However, the first four varieties have been present in each year. CDC Arberg, CS Camden, Summit, and ORE3542M are on Gray Miller's recommended list for Zone 2. CDC Endura has also been evaluated in all four years, but it's still under review as an acceptable variety by grain millers. Calios, CDC Sky, and AAC Douglas are also under review. AAC Kongsor, CDC Ruffian are also considered acceptable varieties. Kongsor was evaluated in three of the four years and was originally bred for organic production. CDC Legget and CDC Minstrel were only compared in 2019 and are no longer mentioned on the Grain Miller's recommended list. Level 48, AAC Wesley, and CDC Anson were only compared in 2022. They are varieties of interest to grain millers, but are not currently mentioned on their lists. The list is constantly evolving with time, so make sure you have the latest information before selecting a variety to grow. In our study, environmental conditions differed substantially between years 2019 was a cool year with below average precipitation. However, soil moisture reserves were excellent, so yields were averaging 175 bushels per acre. Low levels of precipitation meant leaf disease levels were low. You can see the crop on July 25, 2019 is looking lush. In 2020, the summer was hot and dry. Soil moisture reserves were exhausted and yields only averaged 70 bushels per acre. In 2021, the summer was even hotter and drier. Yields only averaged 70 bushels per acre and you can see the crop is short and is already starting to turn color by July 19, 2021. Not looking very lush. In 2022, the summer was warm and rainfall was above average, ending the two-year drought. Unfortunately, some of that precipitation came in the form of hail on June 23rd. The hail event was significant, but the crop still managed to produce 140 bushels per acre in the end. Fortunately, the crop was seeded on the later side on May 24th and wasn't overly advanced. Thus, it was able to recover fairly well from the hail damage. For each year, the varieties are listed from highest to lowest for the parameter being measured. In this study, lodging was never severe enough for any variety 
to have a substantial impact on yield. However, there are some significant differences between varieties. A rating of zero means the crop was standing straight and tall. A rating of nine means the crop was flat to the ground like a pancake. In 2019, CDC Leggett and CDC Ruffian lodged significantly more than the other varieties. CDC Leggett is only rated as having good resistance to lodging based on regional trial information. In 2021, Summit lodged significantly more than all other varieties. Again, Summit only has a good rating for lodging resistance. Here is the yield data for the varieties grown in each year. As mentioned earlier, CDC Arberg, CS Camden, Summit, and ORE 3542M were grown in every year and all these varieties are on the recommended list for grain millers for Zone 2. Remember in each year all these varieties are listed from highest to lowest yielding. If you take these varieties for each year and turn their yields into a percent relative to CS Camden as a check, then average them over the years, you will find CDC Arberg comes out as being the highest yielding variety and ORE 3542M was the lowest yielding variety. This is pretty similar to the information you will find in regional data. However, if you look at their relative rankings by year, CDC Arberg certainly did not yield the most, nor was ORE 3542M always the lowest yielding variety. The relative yield potential between varieties varied a lot between years. Between 2019 and 2020, CDC Arberg and ORE 3542M have completely changed their relative rankings. Test weights which fall below 245 grams per half a liter are subject to discounts and test weights below 230 grams per half a liter might be rejected for milling. Test weights were good in every year except 2021. You might initially think the test weights were reduced by a drought in 2021. However, you will recall 2020 also had a drought and test weights are very high for that year. So I have no idea whether low or high test weights would be expected during drought. Excepting 2019, Summit usually had the highest test weight and CS Camden the lowest for varieties on Gray Miller's recommended list. This is well supported by past research and information provided by the regional variety trials. Here are the relative maturity ratings of the varieties on the recommended list. Differences in maturity were small, even between varieties with long and medium maturity ratings. They were also inconsistent between years. For varieties of interest to grain millers, CDC Anson and AAC Wesley were the highest yielding varieties during the hail year of 2022. They were also shorter varieties, with Anson being the shortest variety of all. Any added lodging resistance due to short stature could not be determined as lodging was not a big issue for 2022. On the negative side, CDC Anson had the second lowest test weight. However, CS Camden has been a very popular variety with grain millers, and despite its notoriously low test weights in our studies, this does not seem to be proving to be much of an issue for growers. Level 48 was another variety of interest for grain millers in 2022, but it ended up being the lowest yielding variety in our study. It also had a relatively low test weight. AAC Consor, which is an acceptable variety for grain millers, has been evaluated over the last three years. 
From our studies, it appears to be a lower yielding variety, but it has high test weights. Conclusions Of the varieties on Gray Miller's recommended list, CDC Arberg was highest yielding on average, but not consistently higher for every year. Summit usually had the highest test weights, but was more prone to lodging. Camden usually had the lowest test weights, but this isn't proving to be a problem for growers. ORE 3542M was often lower yielding, but it has resistance to crown rust. Of the varieties of interest for Gray Millers in 2022, Wesley was the highest yielding with high test weights. And Anson was also high yielding, but it had low test weight. Level 42 was low yielding and had low test weight. Like I mentioned earlier, Wesley and Anson are not currently on Gray Miller's recommended list, but they are varieties to watch. Wesley won't be available to producers until 2024 and Anson until 2025. That's Mike Hall. He is the research coordinator at the East Central Research Foundation farm near Yorkton. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. March canola trading at 831.10, down $8 per metric ton. May canola trading at $822 per metric ton, down $9.70. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 9.10 and 3 quarters, down 3.5 cents. March Kansas City wheat trading at 8.60 and a half down 15 and a half cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 735 and a quarter down one and a quarter cents. March corn trading at 659 and three quarters down 14 and a quarter cents. March soybeans trading at 1534 and a half down five cents. March oats trading at 369 and a half that's up five and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. GX and Agriculture will be back in 90 seconds time. Farm Bulletin Board. Farm Credit Canada is holding an FCC Young Farmer Summit event in Yorkton coming up next Wednesday, March 1st. The Young Farmer Summit is a series of free events across Canada aimed at attracting and engaging the next generation of farmers as well as food manufacturers and retailers. Get real-world advice from engaging speakers, network with peers, and take control of your business journey. People under the age of 40 who are either working in the industry or pursuing a career in agriculture through education can register for this event. So it's coming up next Wednesday, March 1st from 10 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon at the Painted Hand Casino in Yorkton. If you would like to attend, you can go to www.fcc.ca slash Young Farmer Summit to register online. People are encouraged to sign up early to reserve their spot as these events often fill up quickly. Featured speakers will include Dale Kurd. He'll be talking about why aren't we connecting the keys to collaborative and effective teams. Another speaker, Evan Shout. It's his topic, Young, Broke and in Love, How to Navigate Financial Risk in Farming. 
Another speaker, Danielle Wildfong. Relationships are the new bottom line at your farm. And Emily O'Brien, who will be talking about entrepreneurship and emotional profit. So those are the four guest speakers scheduled to attend the event next Wednesday right here in Yorkton. The 2023 Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Winter Pulse Meetings will have their last meeting coming up next Thursday, March 2nd in Melfort. And you can uh, register for that online as well. It's the last of four events. There will be an exciting panel of presenters on hand. And you can join them in person for that event in Melfort next Thursday, March 2nd. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions. An extreme cold warning remains in effect for today, partly sunny. Winds north at 10 to 20 and a high of minus 22. For tonight, partly cloudy. Winds west-southwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 30. For tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud. Winds south-southwest at 10 to 20, a high of minus 20, a low of minus 31. For Saturday, partly to mainly sunny. Winds southwest at 10 to 20, a high of minus 15. For Sunday, partly sunny, a high of minus 6. And Monday, mainly sunny, a high of minus 7. In the Paw and Dauphin, it's minus 22 degrees. Swan River is at minus 24. Brandon, minus 21. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, minus 23. Regina and Hudson Bay are reporting in at minus 23 degrees. Saskatoon, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, minus 25. Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, minus 24. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly cloudy sky, a west-northwest wind at 4 kilometers an hour. 61% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 25 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 29 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 1215 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.